So, uh, you, but then there's things that you hear that strike you. And a few weeks back, Pastor had said something that had struck me. And he was talking about how many people he hears so often about speaking about how tired they are. And that struck me. And, you know, and I, because I had remembered how often in my own speech it reflected me just being tired. And it convicted me, honestly. And, you know, it's good to be convicted because it's biblical when we are convicted. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, <laughs> correcting, and training in righteousness. And so I got convicted and I was praying and I really sought the Lord about not only do I hear myself talk about being tired, but how often that I hear it said around me, just th that that reflects our speech of just being tired. And so many messages lately have been about the resolve not to give up. And the Lord spoke to my spirit that my children are in need of endurance. And that is what he's laid on my heart tonight. The title of my message is, I am in need of endurance. And so as a declaration of faith, would everyone just say that? I am in need of endurance. Because we all are in need of endurance, amen? We are. And so if you have your Bibles and would like to turn to Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to be reading from verse 1 through 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given your lives yet in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. I'm going to say that last one again. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Shortly after I was saved, I can remember all of these power verses of faith. Give me just a second. I'm going to get my balloon ready here. My balloon that deflated on me. Hang on. We know power verses that we've heard. 
Um, like, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Okay. All right. I didn't want to do that up here, but that's all right. Okay. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. That's, that encourages our faith, right? Amen? What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I love scriptures such as, He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. For every child of God defeats this evil, evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Hallelujah. See, we, we get pumped up, right? We get pumped up when we hear those scriptures. It charges us. It charges our faith. And then in Hebrews, we read this amazing roll call of faith. We see how all of the amazing things that God did through these people. But then we dig a little bit deeper in their lives. And we see how that David faced intense opposition, did he not? He was, he was chased down by Saul. He even had his own son turn against him. Okay, And we see that Joseph faced persecution not only from his own family, but after he was wrongfully accused, put in prison, he interprets a dream, and then he's forgotten for two years. And then you dig deeper and you see that Abraham was given a promise, but look how long that he waited before he received it. And then we look at the word, describe our own walk as not a leisurely stroll in the park, but it's a race of faith. Some of that wind gets knocked out. And then we read what we just read right here, that we'll have to endure the discipline of the Lord. And honestly, what happens to the wind in our cells? Do we, I mean, I don't, you know, I remember what it was like to be disciplined by my dad, and I didn't like that. But it was for my good. He was teaching me and instructing me. And we forget that Scripture says He trains my hands for battle. He trains them. And the last thing that I want to do is crawl across the finish line. That's not the overcoming spirit that God has placed inside of us. And some of the themes from this passage are that this is not a short distance sprint. We are called to persevere. We will face suffering. But we focus on the source of our faith. And then it goes on to talk about how do we respond to discipline. See, God is committed to the eternal purposes he, we were created to bring glory to Him. So there will be things that we face in this life that are be, by design to transform our life and character. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and we ourselves are a witness. How many remember the 100-yard dash from school days? You remember the I liked that one. Because you know why? Because you, you could see that finish line. You get in a line of people, you see the finish line, and you know, you can, I can punch hard for about you know, a minute. You know what I mean? I can really get with it because you know as soon as you start to get tired, well, psh, you're done. You're done. But then I grew up and I, I ran a couple 5Ks and that was, you know, I did that. I did that. Only once did I do the mini marathon. Okay, and I can just pass out thinking about the, the actual marathon of 26 miles. I mean, that makes me just want to pass out. But one time I did the other. And let me tell you, that was an experience because I learned real quick 
that my lack of training was bad. I'm thinking that I can just do this on, oh, I'm in decent shape. I can do, oh man, I hurt in places that, I mean, I didn't even know I could hurt. My, My knees were swelled up, you know? And so the Lord, he compares our life to a marathon. It's not a, a you know, 100-yard dash. And we're called to stay the course. So, and, it, and you know, and just for tonight, um, it's not just something we, good we think about during the holidays or, or you know, what's a busy time, so let's, let's get focused on this. Or, hey, you know, this is something we can plug back for one of our New Year's resolutions. I need more endurance, you know. Because one of the things that the Lord has showed me again and again and again is that you can't run from your race. Your race, you can't put it off for a better time, an easier time. Your race is going on right now tonight at 7.27 p.m. In the midst of whatever you're facing in your mind, in your mouth, what's going on around you, our race is going on right now. We don't put it off until an easier time. And so just like Aaron mentioned a couple weeks ago, there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. And that's why we're called to persevere. And the longer that that I live, the more clearly I see that, that I'm seeking a city which is to come, okay? And that we look, we look around us and we, we see all these things that unsettle us. We see all these things in our world that, that leave us unsettled. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm even getting text messages of things going on in my own son's school, and it, and it leaves me unsettled. And, but the Lord says that there's going to be times of difficulty. People will be abusive, brutal, treacherous, and reckless. And when we're in the middle of these everyday pressures that unsettle us, and yet there is a call to our faith to endure to the end. And the Word speaks about us not becoming sluggish. The firmness of our faith, the call to hold fast, that He who endures to the end. So how do we do this? When we look around and we perceive all these unsettling things, when we see more and more even what I talked about in Matthew taking place, when you see some that once their hearts burned bright for, for the Lord and now they've turned away. And it's one thing when you hear it, but then it's another when you actually know someone that has turned away from the faith. It leaves you unsettled. How do we persevere when we can clearly see our own weaknesses and our own frailties? But see, but when Matthew was talking about the love growing cold, he was speaking about people that had no faith in his love. He was not speaking about believers in Christ. That is not the child of God. Endurance, perseverance, it's absolutely not a state of mind, nor a decision of strength of the will. Running and not growing weary, walking and not fainting, these are not something we can just make up our mind to do. It is supernatural. It's when our attention goes from away from what we see to the one who enables us to walk and not faint. The word says that we look unto Jesus and we consider his life on this earth. Jesus' life was not a script that he passively followed. It was a continual process of making the will of the Father his own. And he chose to obey in spite of suffering. He suffered the ultimate suffering, and yet he gave. He gave it all. He said, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. He endured the cross. He suffered. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. He did not seek revenge. He kept looking to the Father, kept looking to the Father. And so he made it possible for us to have faith. The Bible says he's the author of my faith. He made it possible. And he's the finisher. He's the finisher of my faith. 
He has to be because he knew that we would share in his sufferings while we were on this earth. It's not just, it, it's not just for pain's sake. No, it's because of what it produces in us. Look at what the suffering of Christ produced for us, eternal life. Fellowship with the Father, the Holy Spirit leading us and teaching us. And so when James says that when you see these trials around you, our, it's, that is the, giving us the opportunity for our endurance has a chance to grow. Patience for the race. When our faith is tested, our endurance has an opportunity to, when we face opposition, we trust in the Lord. He develops perseverance in us. There's fruit in our lives, and it, that fruit brings glory to God. So how does he train us for battle? He, he disciplines us. He trains our faith. See, he loves us with an everlasting love, an enduring love. He's not angry with us when we go through these trials. I'm his daughter. You're his sons and your daughter, his daughters. He trains us. He disciplines us. And he's committed to conforming us to the image of his son. And so there will be things that we have to face in this life, but God uses it. He uses it all, doesn't he? He used my highest highs and my lowest lows. And he's not the one who only began my faith, but he is committed. Praise God. He is committed to seeing it through to completion. Boy, that, that just, you know, that really bears witness with me in there too, that, he, that he's committed to seeing that good work take place, that he's not leaving it up to me. Praise God. It, it's him. He's the one who's seeing it through to completion. Endurance by its very meaning is going to imply opposition, okay? It will. And sometimes we get so caught, don't we, in the middle of things around us that we forget there is a continual warfare going on in the heavenlies that is very real. And just as, just as much as the enemy wants our, to trip us up, oh, that much more. The Lord is committed to bringing us through it, enabling us to overcome. Yes, praise God. So as we walk through these things, the Lord's going to root out of us some things that cause us misery. He's going to root them out. Things that we struggle with in the midst of the things we see going on around us. That fear, that anxiety, that worry, that discouragement, the anger, the bitterness, the passivity, the lack of courage, those temptations and pulls towards sin. He's going to root those things out of us. He's saying, I made you for better things than this, and that's why we have discipline. Not for all these lesser things to hinder us. And we have to see tonight that it's, it's one thing for us to see those big obstacles that, that do come into our life and desperately cry out, Lord, I don't know if I can go over this. But it's another thing, and that's what I, I want to just share tonight. It's another thing when we have these sticks on the path that trip us up. When we're shouting at the sticks. You, can I get a witness? Okay. Because while we're shouting at the sticks along the path, we may not realize that there's some things that's clinging to us in the process that is hindering us and weighing us down. And so then if a big hurdle comes, we're so weary because all these things have been clinging onto us, we have no strength. So in the midst of discipline, we can get off track because we forget that the battle is not about other people. Okay? It's not about who's to blame or what circumstance caused the fear or worry. It's spiritual warfare. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And so the challenge isn't recognizing there's a trial. 
We, can, we easily can see the trial. I, I mean, sometimes that's all we see. The challenge is how are we responding to the Lord in the middle of these trials? Do I grieve over sin? Do I? You know, it, it should grieve me when there are offenses in my heart. It should grieve me. How quickly do I repent when I see wrong? Am I, do I ever even ask the Lord, is there secret sin in me? Do I, do I come before Him? These things should grieve me. What has my attention? Am I so busy looking to all these other things that my hunger for the presence of God is somewhere back, filed back in a thought way back here? Like Matt said last week, His presence should be a treasure to us. Does God's Word govern what I speak? Oh, what I say. I'm so tired. I mean, when pa- I was convicted because I realized just how much I say how tired I am, okay? How, how I speak about these circumstances making me tired. And I, I will, I, how often I've rehearsed that. I'm so tired. I'm tired of this, you know. And that convicted me. First Thessalonians reminds us, yes, there are going to be things in this life we face that cause us sorrow, but we don't sorrow as one that does not have hope. So we've got to govern the words that we speak. We've got to hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Are we affirming hope? Do we give any place? Are we so busy speaking all the negative that we're not ever affirming the hope? How can we hold tightly to something we never affirm? What's in our hearts? Down deep, because it's going to come out of your mouth. And those become weights. They hinder us. They make us weary. They make us tired. How do we respond to the Lord in the midst of the pressure? As we see, we see that we're empowered by a cloud of witnesses. We are empowered by a cloud of witnesses. And they show us living examples of faith. Their race is testifying to us. Yes, the road is long. There are obstacles that will present themselves. There are sorrows. There is sadness. But you keep on. You keep your eyes on Jesus. And you realize that every challenge was met by faith. Walls came down. By faith, out of weakness, they were made strong. By faith, brothers and sisters in Christ believed God responded to the Lord's will, looked to the reward, overcame, and by faith endured. They endured by faith. And because of Christ, we also realize that I am a witness. You are a witness. Not only do we look to the ones that have gone before us, but we are witnesses one to another. When we come into the family of God, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We belong to one another. Okay, so can love still remain in the midst of all these unsettling things? Is our love going to be burning bright for one another or do we turn inward? We got so much going on that we don't even, we're, we're too busy looking at all this stuff to even see that, that someone's laying down on their path. Lord God, give us eyes to see the one that's struggling to walk. Help us, Lord. It's only the Lord that causes our our hearts to burn with love for our brothers and sisters because guess what? As soon as you get up, you're going to see someone down. And we become a witness to them. Let me pray with you. Let me weep with you. I'll rejoice with you. 
We fix our eyes on Jesus. We focus our faith. Think about when you go in for an eye test. You know, I thought about this, and sometimes I'm very nearsighted. If I took these contacts out, I mean, even you guys on this front row would be kind of like just a, a blur. Okay? But you know what? Sometimes we get nearsighted in our life. And we forget about seeing the bigger picture. We don't, think, we don't think about eternal things. We are so nearsighted to this right here that we forget that God has birthed eternity in our hearts. And if we will think on eternal things, it will equip us for today. And we get in there. I think about eye tests I had, and they, they say, can you see? No. Is this better? No. Nope, no. And with some, I thought about that. And some, we, need a, we need to get that eye test, you know? And we need to quit being so short-sighted that we aren't seeing clearly. We are not seeing the source of our faith. That the one who anchors our faith. Because of Christ, we are able to cast our burdens to the Lord. He said his arms are big enough to carry. My arm's not too short, he said. It's not too short to save. We listen to the Lord. We take time to listen. So that patience and endurance can have its work to root out those things in us that weigh us down for the journey. So we can cast off those things that are hindering us and hindering our strength. Like Paul said, we are those witnesses that one day that we can say, I have fought the good fight of faith. It's a good fight. Are we putting up a good fight? We don't just lay down and say, hey, it's too hard. God gave us weapons. He didn't, he didn't leave us unprepared. He gave us weapons. He, we, he gave us everything we, ha we need. Ephesians says we're to keep alert with all perseverance, with our shield of faith, our helmet of salvation, the Word of God, which is our sword. You don't go into a fight unprepared. Think about all these gladiator movies we see on TV. Imagine if they're going into battle and they're like, oops, I left my sword at home. You know, I mean, that wouldn't happen. That would be stupid. You know, you, they, that just doesn't happen. So what about us? When we think that we can just do this in our own sheer determination, we have to have the Word of God. We have to speak it over us. Because then otherwise we're going to give in to our speech that starts speaking all the circumstances and then these things will start weighing us down and making us heavier and heavier and heavier. See, our weights are heavy because we weren't meant to carry them. That's why the Lord said for us to cast them off. Oh, but the weight of glory. See, that's not a weight that will weigh us down like the world's weights. It lifts us up. It helps us enable us to, to walk on the heights. That's why the Lord said, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has shone upon you. His, the weight of glory is different than the weights of the world. And that's the only weight that I want. Me too. The Word says, In thy light we shall see light. Colossians 1, 11 and 12 says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all durance and patience with joy. Yes. See, repeatedly we are commanded to stand in the face of opposition that would lure us to fall or bow down. That's why the word says, Therefore put on the full armor of God. That's not just a Sunday school lesson. It is our every day. It, we, we need to put on the armor when we go into work. 
We need to put on the armor when we are having things at home with our family. As we are, as we are training our children, uh, when we come in contact with others, we need the armor of God. Because that's how then we become to see the battles and we see it as flesh and blood when it's not. No, it's not. That's right. So that we can, after putting on the armor, having done all, to stand. And that's why the word says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Hebrews 6, 11 through 15 says, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish. Can we be honest with ourselves? Are we sluggish? Because I, I can tell you that I was convicted. I was convicted of priorities. Things that I have allowed to take priority and precedence in my life. And because of that, they had become weights. And my speech reflected that I am tired. And the Lord convicted me of my own priorities. We are to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hebrews 11.39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. It doesn't mean that all of our troubles and trials are not difficult and that we should just go through life saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. How many times have you said, I'm fine? I'm fine. It's like finitis. How are you, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. No. God knows that our training is strenuous. It's hard. The pain that we feel, it's real. And recently I was, I was reminded of suffering with my own child. And my son Grant, he, when you spoke this past Sunday about some things that Ben had faced, we had been going through, it was, I knew that I needed to hear that because we had been going through some things recently um, very hard with Grant at school. And a lot of it was because of his stand for his faith. He had been, been persecuted, some of the t-shirts he would wearing, someone holding up vile things in his face and all these things and it had, and it had gotten really bad and he had been he had been dealing with it on his own for so long that by the time that he came and talked to us about it he was trembling and it was so hard and we we took some measures to see some things stopped we did but you know in the middle of all of this he didn't want to go to school And you know, as a mom, I didn't want to send him because I don't want I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to suffer in school with things. And I know what that pain feels like. And I didn't want him to feel any of that pain. And I wanted to keep him home. But somewhere inside of me, I could remember way back when, when he was just a baby, and I was struggling, my first child, very overprotective, I was struggling with putting him in a nursery, and a nice young man said, honey, you're not his savior, he's gonna get bumps and bruises, and it's gonna be okay. And, I, and you know, in that moment, I thought of that. And the Lord enabled me to, I knew that I had to send him. I had to send him because the Lord reminded me and checked me in my spirit. I am developing him into the man of God that I'm calling him to be. And I thought about suffering too. And it reminded me even my own life. Why that we have to suffer? 
that God doesn't like when we go through pain, but he sees what he is calling us to be and what it produces in us, that he is conforming us into the image of his son more and more from glory to glory. Justin, if you'll come up. God knows apart from his grace and mercy, we'll find ourselves wore out and giving in to fatigue and pain and heartache. And God doesn't desire for us to collapse by our troubles. That is not his desire. But he does desire that through our troubles that we'll learn to cry out to him, to cling to him, to trust him, to accomplish his will in our lives. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says this, knowing all these things, in all these things, in every trial, there's short trials, there's long trials, there's irritating trials. There's delays. There's stretching trials. But in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's not a race of wills. We cry out in humble earnest. Perseverance is a gift. It is a gift. And so I'd like to close this by asking everyone to stand. I want to pray. And I just want to ask you right now, if you don't mind, if you're one of those that say, you know what, I've been tired. And I'm in need of endurance. I want to pray. And will you pray with me? If the Lord reveals to you some weights right now, which I'm praying He will, let's give them to Him tonight. Let's not walk out of here heavy. Let's cast them off. We're not meant to carry these things. And the Lord is saying, my children are in need of endurance. Father God, Lord, we just thank you tonight, Lord. Lord, we thank you, God, that perseverance is a gift from you. And Lord, I pray right now, Father, Lord, that you will show us and reveal to us, even now by your Holy Spirit, God, things that have been weights, that have clung to us, that have taken the wind out of ourselves, God. Help us tonight to see, Lord, that it's not just the trial that we see, God, but how are we responding to you in the midst of the trial? Are we trying to run away from our race? Are we trying to put off till another time, God? Lord, we repent, Lord. Lord, our race is going on right now in the midst of everything going on around us, Lord. Do we surrender our speech to you, God? Lord, Lord, we repent right now, Lord God. When we speak every negative thought that comes into our mind, Lord, we cast down every argument, God, that would oppose your word, Lord. Lord, we may begin to think on things that are full of praise, Lord God. Lord, we may we renew our mind with your word, God. May we speak it out of our mouths, God. We may hold firm and affirm the hope that we profess, God. May we profess it, Lord. 
Lord, I repent right now, Father, Lord God, of, of things that I've let get in the way of my priorities, God. And I ask you, Lord, to train these hands to do everything that you are calling me to do, God. Lord, may I not be so wrapped up in my own life that I don't see my brother and sister down on the ground, Lord, and weary. Lord, but Lord, give us eyes to see tonight. Lord, that we are witnesses one to another, Lord God. Lord, that we are to look and see and notice, Lord, because when you strengthen us, Lord, you're strengthening us to be a witness to someone else, God. And so, Lord, we just pray, Lord. We ask you for endurance, God. It's by your hand, Lord. You're the author of our faith, and you're the finisher of our faith, God. And so we ask you, Lord, for endurance, Lord. We know, God, that we look to you, Lord. Lord, we give you glory, God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, that you love us and that you tra you're training, God, all oh, what it produces in us. It produces endurance in us, Father Lord, so that we can say, I have fought the good fight of faith, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for giving us weapons, Lord, that our sword, God, is your word, Lord, that our, our shield of faith, Lord, it helps, Father, Lord God, to every weapon formed against us will not prosper when we are holding up that shield of faith, God. And so, Lord, I just thank you tonight for everyone here, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for strengthening us, Lord God. Lord, for creating in us, Lord, that desire for your presence, God. Lord, we repent of things that we've allowed to just take our focus, God. Lord, we repent even of the need for comfort, God. Lord, if that be it, Lord. Lord, God, so that we will get on our knees, Lord. We'll crave your presence, God. Lord, we declare it, Father, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Can we all sing this tonight as we close? Do you... And honor and glory and power
you are enabling our faith, Lord. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 